Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Um, September 14th, I got the phone call that no parent should ever get. And they told me that my son was dead. He's only 19. He was 19? How did he die? This is the plaintiff, Tracy Rosal. She says she rented the defendant's house, and when she moved out, they never did a proper walkthrough and are now keeping her security deposit. What they're doing is totally illegal, and it now entitles her to sue for double the amount of her security. So she's suing for $1,450. These are the defendants Mark and Kathy Dusso. Kathy says the plaintiff told them that her son killed himself in the house, and quite frankly, it took them some time to be comfortable going in to do the walkthrough. When they did, it was a flea-infested mess that needed to be fumigated. There's no way they owe this woman any money, and they can't wait to present their case to the judge today in this court. They're accused of lackadaisical landlording. All parties, please raise your right hands. What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in civil court. Both parties have agreed to drop their claims and have their cases settled here before Judge Marilyn Millian in our forum, the People's Court. People's Court is now in session. The Honorable Judge Marilyn Millian is our presiding. Litigants have been sworn, Your Honor. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. All right, Ms. Rizal, you are suing for uh, double your security deposit because, according to you, your former landlords, the Dussos, have wrongfully withheld it. Tell me what happened. My son and I moved down to the house August 15th of 2020, and we renewed the lease in September of 2021. And I had my son added to the lease. Did you sign the um, lease? My son, I was out of town at the time that they re-signed the lease. And I, my son was going to bring it to me and have me sign it so they, had a, they could see it. Okay. But I signed the original lease um, on September 14th. I got the phone call that no parent should ever get. And they told me that my son was dead. He how did was he only die? 19. How, how, he was 19? How did he die? He hung himself. Oh, I'm so sorry. In the basement. And his sons had gone over to the house. They found him. And did I you, didn't believe it. Did he leave a note? No. What, had no he been note. depressed? 
he, we have a history in our family of depression, but he was fine. He was actually happy because he had um, gotten a better job. So everybody that you talked to, nobody expected this. So I had to get a ride over to the house. Where did he do this in the house? He did it in the basement. You didn't go down there, right? They didn't? No. Okay, okay. So my daughter was with me, and then my parents called Bob and asked him if he could come down to Ohio to see if he could help out. And who is Bob? We're um, still married. Is he, he lives in Michigan, and I live in Ohio. Is he your son's father? No. I called my son's okay. father. He never came down. He did not help me with the arrangements. I'm sorry to hear that. He I, did and not I'm help so sorry that you've been through this. This all happened when? In September 14th. <sighs> okay. And I called Kathy that night and told her that my son had passed away. And then the next day on the 15th, I told her, I said, there was just no way that I could go back to the house. I was already moving out temporarily. My son wanted to have some time to see if he could make it on his own. So I said we would do it temporarily, but I would stay on the lease. And so where had you been living? Stuff, I moved just a mile down the road, but my stuff was still in the house. Okay. Whatever. That that was a decision that you folks made. And did anybody let the Dussos know that, that, that a 19-year-old was in charge of their house and their property? Did they know that you had moved out? No, I wasn't completely moved out. I was in the position of moving out, and I was going to let them know when I... Um, Okay. Let them know what was going on, but so I never you explain the to them you can't to. go back to the house, and they are. How do they react to that? There, I would hope that they'd be understanding, and right. um, and so now they've let you out of the lease, and or you hadn't even signed the lease, I guess, and now it's time for the security deposit. And what discussion comes up about that? I first I asked them if I needed to pay for anything in October because we needed a few extra days to finish cleaning out the house. They said no, don't worry about that. There was no rush because Kathy's daughter was going to move in November 1st. She understood why I didn't want to go back to the house. She came to my son's memorial in Toledo, which was September 28th, and I let her know on October 4th, the house was vacated. We took pictures. The house was very, very clean. Um, the only thing we didn't do was steam clean the carpet because at the memorial, she had told me that they were going to replace the carpeting because her daughter wanted something different. Okay. So we said, okay. So we did all the vacuuming, wiped down the walls, cleaned the, everything in the house. Then I kept asking for a walkthrough. They said that they wanted to have the priest wash the house. And that's when she said that the side door had been kicked in. And 
made it sound like the whole house was trash. And I'm like, the house was clean. Let me talk now to the Dussauds. Which of you wants to okay. answer questions, Mark or Kathy? I'll go ahead. Okay. Kathy. So, Kathy, can you um, explain to me why her security deposit wasn't returned? What were the issues? Well, first of all, um, we do re wedding receptions. So we were, like, extremely busy, and I was working full-time beside that. So that's why. And then also I was waiting for the priest to uh, bless the house because I didn't feel comfortable going in there unless that was done. And it took our priest a month to get over there to do that. But as we did the walkthrough, uh, the back door, the jam, um, I sent you a picture of it. That was totally replaced. Unfortunately, uh, we did not get pictures before, but I could not deadbolt the lock. Right. The so, do you have pictures of what was... you kept money for? Do you have pictures of how it was damaged? I do not. Okay. Uh, do you have a receipt for um, fixing it? I do not. So, what do you have to prove that it was damaged? Either one of you can answer. We have the pictures that it was uh, where the frame was repaired. And then in the basement, they must well, have. We're well, not no, sure wait, wait! Don't go to the basement. I, let's talk about the jam. When you're going to just show me a good jam, so how is that going to tell me that it had been damaged beforehand? Well, the whole thing. It looked like we we figured they might have kicked it in when the paramedics tried to get to him because it's like someone had tried to fix it at the same point of like the water line that was broken in the basement. What happened with the? There, well, they, she well, wouldn't know. She off. didn't go. You didn't go in there, right, um, Ms. Uh, Rosol? I went in there a couple times in the beginning and at the end. Okay. So and did you see the door jam that's in question? The, um, I didn't. The, there was nothing wrong with the door. We locked it up tight. Um, when did you leave the place? I, October 4th. When did you guys go to inspect the place, Mr. and Mrs. Dussault? November 14th. A month after they leave? Is that because of the priest? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we didn't even go to the house. And then when we opened the door, it was locked. The door locked and it closed and the bolt did go in, but there was nothing in there where you can see the, the new piece of wood that he stuck in the whole jam and he just cut the whole jam out, redid the whole thing. And in the basement, the water was turned. They must've turned the water off. So they knew the pipe was broke. So we're not sure if he did his accident there because it was one of the big pipes on top that was pulled off, busted in half. So they had to take the heating ducts out and everything to fix the plumbing. But someone turned the water off, so they knew it was leaking before it happened. So we, then we went and had that fixed, and then the outside, the siding. Are we the talking about at the, the side of the suicide, the pipes? Yes, yes. The big copper, the steel pipes going across the ceiling, it was the only thing high enough. So we're thinking, well, maybe that's where the accident happened, and that, that's what broke the plumbing. I mean, something broke the plumbing in half. I mean, it busted the line right in half. This is a picture of the door jam after it's fixed. Yeah. yeah, you can see where they cut the whole thing yeah. out, and then they redid it, put all new wood in it, and then redid the jam. That whole middle was gone. There was nothing there, just the little plate screwed on with two big, long screws, and then there was pieces of plastic, there was a piece of rubber, all kinds of stuff were filling the hole that was there. Okay. So the door would shut, but it's like, you know, you can't show it to new people coming in, wouldn't want to live there, because it there was nothing, like, to hold the door. If you pushed on it, it would have pushed right in. Is this after the repairs? So those are basically the three. Yes, that's after the repairs. What did the plumbing repairs cost? One twenty-five. Then uh, you're also deducting for carpet cleaning. I understood Ms. Roselle to say that your daughter wanted to replace the carpets anyway, so not to... Do you recall saying anything about that to her? Yes. 
All right, so then why are you trying to deduct from her security deposit for carpet cleaning? Well, when my carpet um, cleaner guy got there, I asked him if the carpets were still good enough to um, salvage because they smelled really bad like urine, dog urine and dog. And he said he could get them clean. Okay, well, that, I mean, that's fine. But if you tell someone, don't worry about it, I'm putting a new carpet, that's why they left the carpet that way because you told them not to worry about it. What's the next thing that you deducted for? Um, abandoning the lease and then vacating the lease early. Okay, let's talk about that because my understanding was that you understood that she couldn't set foot in there again, so you told her, okay, we'll let you out of the lease. Is that not accurate? No, Negative. never said that we'd let her out of the lease. We just figured we'd let her, we'd let her out of the lease, but you weren't getting your deposit back. But if you're telling her don't worry about it, then you're not saying... Yeah, you can move out, but we're keeping your security deposit. That's what you should have said if that's what you wanted to do. You can't say you can walk away, and then and then you, nobody's even saying to her, well, no, we're keeping it because you're breaking your lease. You're saying to her, we have to see what the damages are. So, okay, let's talk about the damages. What else did you, right. was the, is there any other the, bill the, you're the, actually the, out? Any damage? The one, the, the one door, the door that was kicked in. Okay, the door jam. Was 150. Okay. Door jam was 150. And then the um, the siding, we can't get the gentleman to even come out till the summertime, but they had screwed the dog fence to the side of the house. So now there's holes in the, in the siding on the side of the house. Okay, let's talk about that. I, let me see. Siding. I have a picture of that, and I'm trying to understand uh, the issue. When you say a dog fence, what are you referring to? They, they just put a gate. There was never a gate there. So, so that was a, uh, there yeah. was a, there was a, that's just a driveway. And then they put a gate to keep their dog in the back. Oh, so this entire gate was not there before? No, no. Okay. So they put the gate in. Is that accurate, Ms. Russell? Right. Yes. And then they yeah, took it with they them. gave me permission to put one up. Okay. Did you give her permission to put a gate up? We did. But we didn't tell them to screw it to the house. We didn't know they were going to do that. Right. And so... So the they can't even come out till spring and even look at this. I mean, they're not huge, but it's letting water run down the inside wall into the basement. No, right, so right. they stuck a bolt back in it, yeah. Yeah, you know, when um, before you give somebody permission to put up a gate, you, you probably uh, have learned this lesson. You want to speak to the person putting up the gate and finding out what they have in mind when it's your property. But this is right, certainly right. not what they had in mind to be bolting things to the siding and breaking the siding like that. Can I say something about the water line? The water line, yeah. My son, he, he didn't, um, when he hung himself, he did it on the steel beam uh, across the house from where the water line was cracked. We turned off the water lines because we saw the crack and the water line and it was leaking. We turned the water off to prevent the basement from flooding. And we were going to show him when we did the walkthrough where it would crack so he could replace that little tiny piece You didn't of even piping. tell them you'd shut off the water. And you have a phone and you have their number and you have their text and you've texted them. You could call them. Because you could do I all these things, but you had never. Yeah, I understand, but you don't have to wait for a walkthrough to tell them we shut the water off. They sent somebody there to clean the carpets. That's how they found out that you guys had shut the water off um, to the house. Right. Well, and I was going to. Well, first, I was waiting for the walkthrough. Then when I realized that they weren't going to do the walkthrough, when she asked me about the water line, I told her why we shut the water line off. And what was it? According to you, Kathy, what did she tell you was the reason she shut the water line? Because it was leaking. 
Okay, and according to you, that's her fault. Why? Well, it broke right in half, so it didn't leak before. They had no issue the week before that, <laughs> you know, so it's like something must have happened during this accident because it's like it was broke right in half. If you see in the, in the pictures, you can see how corroded the water line where it was built at. It was all corroded and there's no choice but to turn the water line off. We didn't but break they, it. But nobody had said, but hey, you, there's a huge leak in the, in the, that requires the water to be shut off before the incident happened. You know, so I'm yeah, not, I don't, I don't know. I, I think it is a very reasonable conclusion that it's because of what happened. I, I'm sorry, I do, because if there was such a tremendous leak that it was going to damage the house and it required shutting off the water, there would have been some communication to them saying, hey, there's a tremendous leak, you need to get a plumber out here. So to suggest it's a pre-existing no, thing, a I'm sorry, leak. I'm sorry, Ms. Ms. Russell, I don't see it that way. I don't see it that way. This is okay. exactly where it happened. And, you know, I want to I I say something to you because I, I'm, I know you're in tremendous pain. And I have a very, very firm belief that people who take their own lives are somewhere up there saying, what was I thinking? You know, it is a momentary decision, a momentary lapse in judgment that unfortunately they can't ever take back. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. I am so sorry that you are going through this. You do, of course, understand it has nothing to do with my legal decision on a security deposit. I would love to live in a world where I could just be queen and decide who who gets what based on how I feel, but that's not what I'm here for. I am not paid to do that. I am paid to rule according to the law, and that's why we're sitting here talking about plumbing and, you know, and and carpets at at a moment where I I just, if I, you know, if I could hug you, I would hug you and tell you how sorry I am for your loss. So let me get back to what is my job. Um, based on what I've heard, um, this is my ruling. You are not going to be entitled to deduct the carpeting because there was a comment made to her not to worry about the carpeting. You changed your mind on that, but she was entitled to rely on that and not steam cleaning it herself and doing it at a cheaper price. She doesn't have to pay this because you let her out of that responsibility, Kathy. Um, she's responsible for the plumbing. She's responsible for the repair of the door. That means that there's $450 left in the security deposit that should go that way, except for the holes in the siding. I, when I look at this, I am pretty clear that this is not the way it should have been done. That pole that is at the end should have been by the house, and then the, then the pole isn't touching the house. It's not supposed to have chicken wire in the last end there and pulling the chicken wire to and then drilling holes into the siding. The question is... What is that going to end up costing? And so now, since I don't even have an estimate of what it would end up costing from anybody, I have to guess what it might end up costing to repair that. And I'm not even sure what the accurate repair is. I guess the repair would be the replacing the siding that's, that's got holes in it and extending the fence appropriately, having another chunk of fence, right, Mr. Dussault? Well, they took it out now, so it's gone. 
Oh, so it's all gone. So it's just the, yeah. um, it's just the holes in the siding. Did you the, have the holes? Yeah. Uh, what is the game plan? Can those be repaired, or does this does the piece have to be replaced? I don't I'm, know how. I'm this not works. sure if they. It'd probably be better to put a piece of siding on there. So that's what yeah. we we're kind of waiting for. All right, I'm going to guesstimate that that'll cost two hundred dollars, and I'm going to order you to return the remaining two fifty to Ms. Rizzol. And Ms. Rizzol, I'm not going to double it because that is a penalty that's up to the judge. And it's for me to do when I feel that someone's acted wrongfully. I don't think they intended to act wrongfully. I think that they were wrong. And that's different from uh, intending to cheat you out of your money. They felt they were right. I'm disagreeing with them on a portion of it. So I'm not going to double it. I'm ordering 250 return to Ms. Russell. And I wish everybody good luck. So the plaintiff who had sued for $1,450 is only going to get $250 back. Mr. and Mrs. Dussault, let me ask you a, a question or two. It took you a good while yourself to go into the house after, uh, after the death happened in there. Explain to me and for all of us how the, the presence of the priest in the house has helped you uh, with the um, home at this point. Well, he uh, said a prayer and got rid of all the evil spirits that were in that house. And, um, yeah, it made me feel a lot better. Okay. Well, that's, that's, it's good to know how you feel about that. Ms. Rousseau, how do you feel about it? You, you expecting a lot more money. Uh, you aren't getting it. Are you, are you okay with it? How do you feel? No, I don't think I should have been responsible. That was an old pipe that was cracked and was leaking. All right. Well, the judge explained her, her, her decision to you, and uh, she just didn't accept that. Sorry about it. You know, Doug, this is such a sad case. Um, I, I want to tell you something about security deposits. In most states, landlords have a duty to itemize what they're withholding. They have to show, I'm withholding, say, 48 bucks for this lock. They have to be specific about what they're doing. In a lot of cases, in a lot of states, if the landlord doesn't comply with that law, the tenant gets the money back and sometimes twice the money. My mother passed 10 years ago without a will. I am the only child. The family went through her things and took what they wanted, including her ashes, guns, coins, jewelry, without my permission. Can I get my mom's ashes back? Can I only sue for money? Well, when you die intestate, common law rules apply about the order of succession, who takes in order. And spouse, surviving spouse, is always at the top of the heap. They're the first ones. So if they came in and just took everything or sent their, their minions, you know, other uh, family members of theirs over and said, hey, take everything out, it might have all been taken out at, at the request of the surviving spouse. And she may be out of luck in terms of suing for damages, trying to get the ashes, trying to get anything. Uh, so it's not clear that she even has a cause of action because we don't know if the, the surviving spouse is. took, yeah, who the family is. Right. But it usually goes surviving spouse issue, children, right? Children. And then to parents or siblings. Then I it goes yeah. to, then it goes up. Right. It goes sideways, then down, and then up. Right. Right. <laughs> and then the other sideways. So right. it goes to the, so sideways to your spouse, right. then it goes, if there's no spouse, then it goes to your children. Right. If there are no children and no spouse, then it goes to your parents. Right. If your parents are gone, then it goes to your siblings. Right, but you're t we're both talking about common law rules. States might have different variants, yeah. variances of that, variations of that. I get the impression that she might have been a child when this happens. Could because be. Because she is all of a sudden a decade later asking questions. Right. And there, right. so there's, yeah. there's some... Um, 
having said all that, I just said if if I have. Uh, uh, the ashes of your mother and you right. want them, I would give them to you. This is the plaintiff, Pamela Parker. She says the defendants are her neighbors and the woman's son scratched her car with a rock. The defendants refused to reimburse her for her damages and she's here suing for that $200 she says she's owed. These are the defendants, Regina Brown and her son, T.J. Brown-Lowry. Regina says T.J. didn't scratch the plaintiff's car. It was the girl he was hanging out with that day. She says her son told the little girl not to scratch the plaintiff's car, but she didn't listen to him. And the plaintiff is suing the wrong people today because they owe her nothing. They're accused of vandalism. All parties, please raise your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiff says that the defendant's kid scratched her car with a rock and she wants the money back now to get it fixed. But the defendant says her son didn't scratch anyone's car and owes her nasty neighbor zip. It's the case of scratch and sue. Thank you, Douglas. Okay, Ms. Parker, you are suing Ms. Brown and T.J. Brown, her son, for $200 that you say they owe you and have not paid. Tell me what happened here. Your Honor, on October 29th, sometime during the evening, my car was vandalized. It wasn't discovered until the morning of October 30th. My witness went outside to go to his vehicle to do whatever it was he was doing. And when he came back, he made me aware that damage had been done to my vehicle. And what was the damage that had been done? Well, the curly cues had been scratched across the hood of my car, um, cutting into the paint of the car. Now, previous to this, there had been times when the children running and playing through there had taken their fingers, written in the dust on the car. I didn't know who did it, couldn't accuse anyone of, of what had been done. This time, their names were put on the car. What were the names that were on your vehicle? The lady across the uh, walkway from me, her daughter's name was on there, and the defendant's son's name was on my car. Okay, and what was the daughter's name, and what was the defendant's son's name? What were the names that were on the vehicle? Um, Anaya and Tejan. Okay, so what did you do? I went and knocked on the doors. Uh, first, the parent, uh, number three, and got the adult there to come out and see what happened to the car. They attempted to see if the, the scratches could be buffed out, and in the process, they erased the children's names. I went to Ms. Brown, and I explained to her what Can I Can I ask you, in the what, process, they erased the children's names. Do you, do you think that they were doing that to erase evidence of guilt, or that was just what happened because they were... No, they were trying to see if they if the scratches yeah. could be okay. buffed out. Okay. And, okay. and that way the damages would be minimized. Okay. All right. So, so did anybody talk parents, to the child at that house? We all talked to the children. Ms. Brown. That child at that head. house said what? Well, she admitted to her and Tejan taking rocks and scratching the paint in my car. So she said car. that both of them did that? Yes. All right. And then what happens? Well, I, I spoke with the parent in the, the apartment number three and making her aware that I have a $500 insurance deductible for my car. I spoke with Ms. Brown. 
letting her know the same thing. I well, tell me about your conversation daughter. with Ms. Brown. I told Ms. Brown, Ms. Brown, I'm sorry to tell you, but your son scratched the paint on my car. And she said, how do you know it was my son? His name was on the car. They wrote their names in the dust on the car. Okay. And then what happens? Does she call her son out? He was already outside. Does anybody ask TJ what happened? Yeah, yes, they do. Who does? She asked him, did, did he do it? And what did he say? He first denied it. But I told, like I said to her, your son's name is on the car. Okay, what does he say then? So she continues to talk with him, and I ask him, why did he do that? He was with the neighbor's child. And what did and he say? He, ad he admitted to it. He said he was sorry. He's a young kid. So okay. How old are these kids? I, I, they're like seven, eight years oh, old. Oh, jeez. All right. Uh, let me hear from you, Ms. Brown. Well, that specific morning she had um, called me from my car with me exiting my car. I had just dropped the kids off at school. So I go over there and we see the scratches and stuff. And um, she goes... You see this, uh, they didn't took rocks and scratched our, uh, my hood and my car up. And the little girl was still there. So she said, um, no, I didn't scratch it with no rock. I used my hands. And so um, they were like, and I was like, so how y'all know TJ did any of this? Her name was in the paint of the car. My son's name was, I guess TJ was on the dust. It was so little, I don't know. But when they went to go wipe it down, it wasn't even there, and so uh, I just came back. I talked to my son, and I asked him, and he was like, no, Mom, I didn't do it. Mom, I didn't do it. Um, Kaya was doing it. She was just going crazy on the car, and um, I told her to stop, but she didn't do it. I said, but was you over there? Did you touch the car? Did you do anything? And he was like, no, I just was over there, but he said, but then I, I did put my name in the dust, in, in the dirt, like on the, you know, finger painting it. Okay, and, finger um, paint. Okay. All right, did he ever tell you that he actually did it? No. He keeps saying he did not do it. He said, I did not do it. I was there. He was like, um, I was there, and I was telling her she shouldn't be doing that. I'm just, I'm so floored that a seven-year, I'm I had three seven-year-olds, you know? So I know what, what's in their heads, and I just, um, the idea that a seven-year-old would be that destructive and just pick up rocks, and mm -hmm. it's crazy what was done to this car. They're so young, why are they out there like with no one watching them anyway? Somebody um, did some, look at this. That is some serious damage to that car. All right, so does she ever talk to your son? Yeah, she, she did. Um, I actually took him over there to talk with her. And what did he say to her? Um, he said that he didn't do it. He said he didn't do it. He said the girl did it. How old is your son? My son is eight. Oy. All right. Can I talk to your son? Yes, ma'am. Tie John, you're on. Hi, TJ. Hi. How old are you, sweetie? Eight. Do you know the difference between a lie and the truth? Yes. So are you going to tell me the truth when we talk now? Yes. All right, TJ. So what happened that day with the car? Um, I told Kaya... After I did, after I wrote my name, I said I think this was a bad idea. And I told her I think we should stop and get away. And but before you told her I think we should stop and get away, what had what had happened? What what had you guys done? I just wrote my wrote my name in the dust, and then Kaya just started scratching it. And what did she scratch the car with? Her nails. I don't think that damage could be done with nails. I'm, I'm looking at it, and it looks like 
there had to have been something in her hands because it's a lot of scratches. I don't think nails would do that. If I, if I scratched my car, I wouldn't be able to do that. Did she have a rock in her hands? No. Did you? No. Okay, can I just tell you something, TJ? Stay away from people's stuff. Can mm -hmm. you imagine if other kids were doing something to your mom's car, how it would upset your mom? Yes. Right, so think of everybody as your mom, okay? So try to treat them nicely and don't, don't mess with their stuff in any way. Okay, go ahead and, get, and bring your mother back. By the way, how much was the total damage to the car? Like the repair took what? The repair, total repair cost was $653. So, Ms. Brown, here's my question to you. What am I looking at here? Do you recall signing this? Yes. Okay. So this is a document where she uh, acknowledges receiving $50 from you for the damage and right. that the balance due is 200 correct? Okay, yes. And you signed that. So why now are you refusing to pay the 200 The other family paid the 250 their half, correct, Ms. That's Parker? correct. All right. So why now, if you signed this document and you guys settled it between the two of you, are you refusing to pay the 200 The only reason why I paid it for the 50 up front and I told her, like, I'm not sure about anything else is because the landlord sent, sent us a letter and said if we don't, you know, at least speak with her and, and discuss the matter with her, then we can get our lease terminated. So um, I, I, I was telling her, like, well, if he's saying he didn't do it, then why are you still, you know, pushing it forward? And she's just like, well, he needs to pick his friends better and he needs to do this and that. But we did. We came to agreement where... Well, if you came to an agreement, why didn't you stick up your part of the agreement? What changed? The agreement was that he was going to help clean up in the mornings. And I was like, that's fine. I'll have him do that. And then she's like, well, I'll still need the money. But I don't come from... I don't have no income, so I just don't... Now, I, I'm just but asking. I'm here's the thing. It's, it's, that's everything you talked about. But then in the end, you signed a document saying you were going to pay her $250. You paid 50 of it. There was a balance of 200 And that's your signature where you say, yes, we're settling this. That means each side has a resolution that they both agree to do. It's like a contract, essentially. And it sounds like after this contract, when the pressure was off from your landlord, you just decided to not abide by the contract. It wasn't that. It was more of like the girl already admitted doing all the damage. TJ wrote dust. Like, right, but here's right the thing. Cars, you knew all those facts. Everywhere. Nothing changed. Like, that was all known to you before you signed this contract. You, you, you didn't sign the contract no, before actually, knowing facts. The paperwork she gave me after I gave her the money... For the body shop, it says more than just the hood was done. And so I'm like, I'm looking over the paper and it says like everything, a tailor, a tailpipe or all kind of other stuff was done. Front bumper, front lamps. The bumper wasn't touched. It was the hood. hood. Fender. Yeah, that's what I was seeing. Those are magic words. It's remove and install. They remove it, they do the paint job, and then they install it. Trust me, this would be an astronomical bill if they had to replace all the things that are on here. When, when they actually charge for a new front bumper and all that, you would see both the parts and the labor in here. This is just that they took out the bumper because they're not going to paint around the bumper. It's not like, you know, they have to remove the bumper in order to paint it right. And it's so it's not that there's anything else charged here. Ms. Brown, based on the contract that you signed, 
you can't just then wiggle out of it later because you can't afford it. You, you got to pay it. That's like a settlement, an out-of-court settlement that you agreed on. And then she took you at your word that you were going to finish making payments. And she, it's not like she ran to the courthouse on day one. She was giving you a chance to make payments. The other side just paid. Then she was, And she's not even suing you for the total no. amount of the damage. She was eating the insurance loss, and it's just the deductible that you guys are, are, are paying. Meanwhile, she's got a claim against her on her insurance. She went through insurance. She didn't make you guys split, and then it'd be more for you. From the beginning, she said, my deductible's 500, so she was willing to go through her insurance. There's really no legal reason for, for me not to hold you. She was just to exactly what, she was saying what, Then don't sign the document. You need to understand that I don't even need to find right. whether your son did anything because you signed the document. So you're being sued here because you signed a document. This is a settlement. It's a contract between you guys. And now you're trying to get out of it. There's consequences to putting your signature on this. $200 verdict to the plaintiff. Right, I So the plaintiff is going to get $200 from the defendant, Ms. Uh, Ms. Brown. You understand what the judge told you? That had you not signed that document, it'd be a different situation, hey, but you signed it. That signature, so now you're on the hook it, for it. it weighs a lot on anything, so I get it. But I was being forced by my manager to make moves that I didn't even have. I went to go cash a utility check just to even give her that. It's Christmas time. I didn't have it. Look, I understand. Christmas time, you needed all the cash you had. Um, it's tough. You were in a tough spot. You're on the hook for $200 to the plaintiff. I'm sorry. Ms. Parker, I, do you feel sorry for her in any way? You know, she's convinced her son didn't do it. Work, I tried to work things out with her, um, asking her to give what she could. But in looking at this situation, her, her son bought his name on my car. She'll just take responsibility and try to work with your neighbors. That's all I'm trying to do is work with her. All righty. Well, no one can argue with you. I mean, you're in the right. No question about that. Uh, so you prevail, and you're going to get $200 from the defendant. Doug, this is a case where there is a settlement. And when there's a settlement, even if you could go back into court and prove the other guy did it, you get one bite of the apple, there was a settlement, you can't relitigate. Have you ever dismissed a case because the litigants were unruly in the courtroom? Judges have a few tools at their disposal to control their courtrooms and control their docket and make sure everything flows smoothly. But to just dismiss a case outright uh, would be an extreme measure, and you'd probably get reversed for that. Would you agree? Yeah, and plus, which of the litigants? That would only, that would only hurt. hurt the plaintiffs. In so. most cases, <laughs> unless it's two parties fighting over uh, a pot of money that the county sheriff sees, then they both they both want it, and you know, I guess you could dismiss their action, and then they both lose. But you're probably going to get reversed. The remedy when people are fighting, um, going at it in the courtroom, jawing at each other after you've told them to shut up would be either contempt sanctions, maybe you would strike the pleadings of one party, you know, uh, do some damage to their lawsuit as a consequence of it, I suppose. What do you think? I, I think that's right. And, um, you know, they tell you when you become a judge, they train us that you never want to lose control over your courtroom. You never want to hold anybody in contempt. You should try to graduate from your career, right. retire from your career without ever having held anybody in contempt, which is 
a great aspirational yeah, it's goal. a great aspirational but thing, but not, if the threat of yeah. contempt is not there, right. that's one of the things Unless I you follow through. I love everything about doing my job, except for that I lost my contempt powers. <laughs> you know, that was very hard to get over. Um, you know, but yeah, that's so you, you want to have you want to have control without having to use contempt. But if you have to use contempt, that's a very powerful tool to get people to behave.